Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the Partido Partido podcast, the English-speaking podcast about all things Atleti. We're here uh, to talk about quite a crazy week that Atleti had. Uh, started off very well with a convincing win against Celta Vigo, uh, a 4-1 win uh, in the uh, Metropolitano. But everything went downhill from there uh, with a loss away against Bayer Leverkusen in the Champions League. And then, of course, all the craziness that happened in the media uh, and eventually the uh, Madrid derby that Atleti lost at home to to one. Uh, So uh, we're here to talk about it all. And here with me to talk about it is Emmanuel. Now, Emmanuel, uh, we all know the kind of sick, twisted nihilism you can spit out after Atleti lose a game that even Nietzsche would be proud of. So please, let's start this episode cheerfully, and then you can proceed however you would like. So, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm in a positive mood today. Despite the defeat, well, Alexis' performances were not that bad. So, I think I'm doing better than Alexis' home kick. Yeah, very well. So, yeah. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, hope you guys don't 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 mind it too much but uh we both are obviously kind of sick so uh it's clear in the voice so hopefully uh you guys it doesn't bother your guests too much 
Uh, anyway, uh, starting uh, right from the top, right from uh, where we left off, the uh, game against Startup Ego. Uh, Emmanuel, please give us your thoughts about that game. Well, I would say that's Atleti's best performance with the ball this season. Atleti did well against Getafe and they scored three goals. Yes, they scored four goals against Celta. That doesn't imply them scoring four goals meant maybe that's the reason that no, Atleti used the ball really well. They were able to retain possession in key moments to calm down the game because you know Celta Vigo, they are like the high press, quick game, fast football, but Atleti were able to take away that threat. So Celta did have some chances and those chances came from errors. And well, like I tweeted after the Leverkusen game, Emoso and Felipe have improved, but it seems the level at which Aliti is is not really maybe for them at the moment because despite their improvement, you know for every good thing they do, you have an error waiting to be occurred. It's like there are mistakes working on the pitch and that was the case against Celta for him also and also against Leverkusen. Therefore, the Celta game was really nice. And I think that was one of the Rodrigo Depot's best games for Aliti. When I say best game, he has had good games for Aliti especially at the start of last season. But this time around, he was good on with and without the ball. In the case that when Aliti were not in possession, you don't have him switching off and you have maybe Celta using the advantage and making runs into the half space and him not being able to track his runners. But he was great and that's great seeing that from him. And that game was just perfect because Aliti were the definition of clinical. I think four shots on target and four goals speaks a lot, even though there were some deflected efforts made. But overall, I like the game. And I think the game kind of gave a sense into the evolution of Cholo we have been seeing kind of high press limits the opposition winning the ball back up the pitch what we saw against Getafe and we're kind of excited but there were glimpses of it against Celta and we really used the ball well and I will not go too maybe that deep into the game because if I want to maybe give a lot of analysis and reason we may take the whole the whole podcast which is not great but that game was just fantastic because the way Aliti are using the ball is improving and which is something I'm so happy with and that's down to the recruitment of Vitel and also having Koke in midfield because it kind of gives you a mini sense of the team that won La Liga not so long ago. Very well. So, um, obviously, we just said it, but um, <clears throat> the Southern game was very, an amazing game, uh, the best game of the season. Everything went downhill for Atleti afterwards. What is it that made the Celt- the uh, the performance against Celta very good, and what went wrong against Leverkusen after that? To be honest, Atta, I don't see a lot of difference between the performance against Celta and the performance against Leverkusen because Aleti really kind of used the ball well and threw the mistakes. But the difference is the game against Leverkusen. Leverkusen kind of punished Aleti's mistakes, and in the game against Leverkusen, Aleti did not have that a lot of impact in the final third and. The difference between both games is simple. Thomas Lemar. You have the game against Celta, you have Lemar. He's the link between the attack and the defense. And he's the one switching play for the first goal. And you have him dropping deep into those pockets of spaces, receiving the ball and able to progress the ball and also have an impact in the final third for Aliti. But against Leverkusen, we do not have that. We had Joao Felix dropping deep to receive the ball and that kind of isolated Morata and kind of take away the threat Aliti had in the attack. But in the second half against Leverkusen, when Griezmann came on, you kind of saw that link complete between him and Felix, and it was like things were about to occur, and then Cholo's substitution just killed the game for Aleti. So the two games, I would say, the decision 
Cholo's decisions, especially with substitution, and we also had Lema because Lema is an important piece in Aleti's game at the moment, which in which when he is there and when he is not there, you kind of see two versions of Aleti. An Aleti that cannot impact the game, Aleti that, that faces difficulties in breaking down the opposition, and Aleti that has a lot of difficulties in breaking down defenses. I think we talked about this last season when he had a lot of injury, and that is something which is coming on because you kind of have him, someone who is able to progress the ball and easily release the ball. That is, he does the kind of job which Felix and Griezmann both do, but in deeper areas that allows both players to be up the pitch and able to impact the game. But without him, we kind of lost that, and that is what happened in the game against the Leverkusen because, in my opinion, Aliti had a very good game, but the individual mistakes were what killed Aliti. But Aliti made those same individual mistakes in the Celta game, but the difference was we were punished, and in the other game, we were not punished. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, we talked in the last episode about what the uh, the best midfield uh, trio that Atleti could have at the moment, and it's becoming increasingly difficult to decide with each passing match because there hasn't been a lot of consistency uh, out of the players' uh, We've we've seen Lamar performing well in uh, plenty of matches, but we've seen him being very poor as well. Depaul obviously had a fantastic uh, masterclass against Celta. Uh, obviously, we uh, we didn't see that. Uh, obviously, we didn't see that in a lot of other matches. Uh, there's Koke, which uh, who also is struggling a bit this season. Uh, Kandogbia, who we'll talk about thoroughly uh, when we discuss the derby game. Uh, and of course, Saul, who had a a great performance against Porto, but hasn't started since. Uh, so, uh, I mean, how, how would you uh, update uh, your answer from last time uh, regarding the best midfield that Atleti could have at the moment? So my midfield three, I, I think I go with what we had in the derby, Colombia, Koke, and Depaul. That's because I think that midfield has the potential to, I think, dominate most midfields in La Liga, and also they can suffer, like help defensively, and with the ball, they are good. So that's what I go for, and the issue is, I think Laurenti at the moment is not really effective with him playing as an interior because you don't have the triple-like profile behind him and that's Molina because there are a lot of similarities between him and Molina in the way they attack the space, in the, the way they arrive waiting for a pass and if you play Laurenti at right back, there are other ways in which you can get the best out of him like what Cholo has done a couple of times, like what Lucho has done in the national team, and we kind of have in him playing, maybe him playing as the right back or the right wing back, and you have in the interior space, you have a, somebody who is good at passing the ball to space, in this case, the ball. So far this season, I, we have seen a lot of that happen because in the game against Real Sociedad, you have him creating a chance for Felix, and sadly the cross was good, but not that the, not the best, and Felix could not arrive there, and it was the ball playing in behind, and that's not just. In single location, we have the same thing in the derby. Him linking up with the ball so well because the ball is, is a good passer of the ball, and you have Lorente, someone who's good at attacking space. So, my midfield three, Koke, the ball, and Colombia. Hmm. 
that's given the fact that retail doesn't have the license to come to midfield due to these injuries we have at the moment in the center back position yeah but hopefully we will have uh, we'll have savage and uh, Jimenez back after the international break is over so i really really hope we see uh, uh, Witzel playing as a defensive midfielder against uh, against sevilla uh, of course, another return uh, from injury is Region, and he'll be available for the first time this season. Uh, so we'll see who'll start. Uh, I mean, considering Carrasco hasn't had the best start. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm being very nice right here. He didn't have a good start to the season. Uh, so yeah, we'll see if uh, Region starts ahead of him. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Uh, let's talk about the derby. Uh, what are your thoughts about the uh, home loss against Real Madrid uh, at Emmanuel? Uh, uh, well, uh, from a neutral's point of view, it was a fantastic game because I kind of had a lot of feedback and I think many people enjoyed the game and it's been a while. I think I've seen people enjoying the, the Madrid derby from neutrals and that was kind of great for La Liga, but as an Atleti fan, to be honest, I take a one-nil shit house victory all day long. So losing was not a great. And Cholo really felt frustrated because he really wanted to win this. And him starting Griezmann kind of gave a hint that maybe he went against the wishes of the board because I think the lineup showed that he was hungry to win this one, but it wasn't the best. And talking about the derby, I think any stages of the game was we started very well, but. The issue for Aliti is the pressing. I think the pressing has improved all game long, but we had um, Felix. I think his pressing is not really the best because I think Lucho, Lucho Dike said something that my attackers are the first line of defense. So we have a guy like Felix and him trying to press, not knowing the right space to cover, and it's kind of affecting. We have kind of affected the press as Real Madrid easily. We found finding Chomini easily and that kind of break the first line of pressure and we are easily pushed back. And that was really, really bad for Aliti because I think even for the goal, you have the all kind of pointing because pointing to Carrasco or maybe to maybe cover Chomini. But the issue in that situation, in my opinion, is the fact that the ball is already on cruise and you have Felix kind of bending his run trying to press Cavajal. But he is not aware that someone is using covering Cruz because he's trying to block a pass to Cruz. And in doing so, you have a, a channel and a free pass to Chumini and the rest is history. So the derby was great. Aliti used the ball, like I said. They, were, they used the ball well. And you had so many guys saying, wow, Aliti trying to retain the ball and the rest. But to be honest, I like the performance from the team because the team gave it all. And like we said, like I said before, in the Celta game and in the Leverkusen game, you have those individual errors. Those are the errors that I think are preventing Aliti from being in the title race, maybe up to April. Those are the errors that are making Aliti to make things difficult for themselves because no matter what they do, very good with on the pitch, that's with the ball or without the ball. You just have those moments of lapses in concentration or errors where you kind of have the opposition hitting you and in the case of Real Madrid you had two occasions and what happens the headers you had Felipe not tracking runners on both goals and that was kind of bad because the first he decided for the first goal he decided to go for a karate kick and he missed the ball and oof Rodrigo punished us and for the second 
didn't track the the run of Vinicius and the rest was usually bad. Like I said, he has improved and his performances are not bad, but the errors in his game are, like I said, mistakes just waiting to happen. And given what given like my criticism of Felix's pressing, I think that's something he has to improve because I think that is the reason why he wasn't starting games for a couple of time because we put Kunya or we put Korea in that place. Those are players who are excellent at pressing, not just because they are aggressive, but they are intelligent in doing so and they know the type of space to block and how to put the defensive midfielder in the cover shadow. Because the first they with Aliti's pressing with the front two is not something which is new because with the 4 4 2, it is something the same. And something Grisman is already used to that because we know you have to shield the ball into midfield and force the play out wide. But against Real Madrid, it was easy to find too many and then they switch of play to Mendy and we are already been pushed back. So the derby, I like the performance, and but those mistakes are what are keeping Aliti from going that extra mile or maybe having a good season and making things difficult for themselves. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. <clears throat> yeah, we saw mistakes from uh, Condogbia in that game. We saw mistakes from, obviously, Felipe, who we'll go in-depth about right now. I mean, uh, we'll talk about the uh, the circus and the clown show that preceded the derby uh, uh, in, in a minute. But Felipe looked at that and rose to the occasion and really made a clown of himself out there. Uh, Real Madrid were targeting him all night, and it paid off. Uh, I think he made a mistake in both of the uh, goals that uh, that Real Madrid uh, uh, scored. So uh, you just look at him and you're, you're wondering, what the hell happened to the Felipe that Atleti had in the 2019-2020 season. I mean, since then, he's been regressing more and more. And right now, you just look at him and you wonder, how is this guy a professional footballer? Yeah, uh, like you just said, um, same question I was asking myself when I was watching the game before, when I was watching the game again before we recorded the episode, and I was like, what happened to the Felipe that did so well until he a, a call up to the Brazilian national team? And I was like, what? Because, for example, he doesn't add a lot to the team on the ball because he's not as good on the ball or composed on the ball like, say, a Moso. But he's, he's, how will I say, he's just like his mojo. What he was good at is being good defensively. That's why Aleti bought him for Porto. That's why Aleti bought him at the time for a record fee of a defender. But it's like everything has gone down here. I don't just understand what is happening. Or maybe it's due to the fact that Aleti is defending higher up the pitch. But it's just like, it's like a switch of... Those are the type of things like you are saying the boy has turned to a man, but now you are saying the man has turned to a boy. Those type of things, but 
It's, it's just shocking because the type of errors he made just are like basic defensive errors, tracking a runner, no switching off, knowing when to delay your run, knowing when to enter the challenge. And well, the, the errors are just so much. And like I said before, it is really hurting the team. I don't know what happened to him because it's not that he started this season. This is things which he started two seasons ago and he has been on a decline. And I was here and I, on the show, and I said, I need to give him a contract extension. It's, not good. it's true he's good with the background stuff and it kind of improves the team's morale. But when he's on the pitch and he makes such mistakes and he calls the team, that is not great. And I think today the board came and said, they, they, you have a news coming out that the board said they made a mistake with the squad planning. And I think Felipe is one of them. It's true he has a good footballing story in how he faced difficulties and rise up to the challenge. But at the moment, I don't think he's at the level of analytics event. I know it's harsh to say, but let's face facts. Let's, let's be real here. He's really been poor. Like you said, he made a clown of himself. It's like you have clips in which I think La Liga official account posted on Twitter in which he's entering recklessly into a tackle and you have him being on mech. So it's just really, really bad at the moment. And it's not really at something at the moment, but it's bad for a while now. And I think the team needed changes and I don't understand what the board and Bata did over the summer, but Keeping Felipe is like costing the is costing the team points and games. I'm not saying he's the sole, but his mistakes have cost the team so many at the moment points. It was the same against Leverkusen and it was the same in the derby, which is really bad. <clears throat> Very well. Uh, so uh, there's the uh, the news. Uh, Ruben, uh, sorry, uh, Ruben Oria re uh, reported today that apparently Atletico Madrid are aware. Uh, that the squad planning for this season was not good and that they must go in the transfer market in the winter. So it's great that they finally realized that. I mean, it's kind of the, it's kind of disappointing that they didn't notice this just a little bit sooner when the summer transfer window was still open. But hey, I mean, at least they realized that eventually. Anyway, uh, obviously, uh, Atleti need a... Uh, to strengthen the, uh, of course, the defense, uh, more cent uh, central defenders, uh, a defensive midfielder would be nice if, of course, they don't sign one, uh, considering Witzel uh, could cover that position, but obviously it's worth to play as a center back. Uh, and we'll discuss, uh, you know, what changes uh, we'd like to see in the squad uh, more thoroughly uh, in the future. Uh, but, uh, of course, uh, there was uh, uh, also news uh, yesterday that uh, Atleti are already working on getting a center back uh, for the uh, for next season uh, while trying to offload Hermoso. Obviously, Felipe uh, will be gone after his contract expires. So, uh, yeah, at least there's something to look forward to uh, for next summer. Uh, but personally, I think Atleti need two center backs uh, for next season. Uh, and, of course, there's also news that broke out today that we'll get to uh, at the end of today's episode. Uh, now let's discuss the, uh, the events leading up to the uh, Madrid derby. Uh, obviously, there was an interview uh, that Koke had, and uh, one of the questions he, he answered was about uh, Vinicius Jr., uh, celebrating in front of the uh, Atletico Madrid fans in the Metropolitano by dancing. Uh, 
uh, and uh, Koke answered with, uh, there will be uh, issues if he does that. Uh, obviously what he meant that the fans wouldn't be very happy about him doing it. And uh, obviously he's, I mean, he didn't say anything uh, racist. He didn't say anything controversial. He's just, uh, he's just pretty much saying the obvious that the fans aren't going to be happy about Vinicius dancing in front of them if he scores, obviously. Uh, but uh, everyone took that comment out of context and, you know, started the... Uh, criminalizing uh, Koke and dehumanizing the, the poor man. Uh, and I mean, uh, it was just a, a, a disgrace to see. Uh, uh, like I said, an absolute circus. Uh, obviously, uh, El Cheringuito uh, getting what they, uh, what they wanted. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, many clicks and many people talking about it, which is the point of their existence, really. But uh, unfortunately, that led to a uh, to a lot of you know uh, unfortunate events. Uh, obviously, there was the uh, racist remarks we saw from the uh, from some of the Atletico Madrid fans uh, ahead of the ahead of the uh, match, uh, and uh, of course. Uh, Atleti did make a statement about those fans uh, that they identified them and banned them uh, from uh, the stadium or uh, they're no longer associates at the club. Uh, but I mean, uh, it's just really disappointing what, what we saw. Uh, and of course, that ruined the moment for the legend that is Koke. Uh, he, this match was his record tying match. Uh, he now has played as many matches as uh, Adelardo for Atletico Madrid. And he's now the player with the most appearances for the team. Uh, and uh, another uh, special uh, thing that this match had was that Simeone broke the uh, Luis Aragonis record and now is now the, uh, the coach that uh, coached Atleti the most uh, in the most matches uh, in the history of the club. Uh, so, uh, Emmanuel, uh, what do you like to say about uh, all of those things that I just mentioned? Well, uh, the first thing is, the, recently I think in football you have this argument of like, there is not a lot of fun in the game, you don't have dribblers like Ronaldinho before, you don't have players like Neymar being protected by the ref and it's like, those type of things are like you have taken the form out of the game and you have like maybe patterns of play pass pass and you arrive at the goal those type of thing so i think that was what played into like you said el chikorito's hands and the kind of use that because that kind of tear up everything because you have them saying like okay action that like just like what you said that them um, him scoring and maybe celebrating his dance celebration won't go away with the fans and you are like everything goes out of context and it's like okay is saying Vinicius dances is not maybe acceptable and you have a lot of people on Twitter, I think, be very good accounts that post very good contents that I respect and I was like kind of shocked because they just believe what they have seen and what they have heard without really verifying and it was really shocking because despite my efforts trying to maybe bring things, you have them like supporting Vinicius all the time and it was really frustrating because LG Garito really, I would say they won this one because that was really bad and they are the ones that kind of stir up everything and i'm not defending the fans for being racist but that came as a result of that because it's like 
Atleti fans are feeling that due to a certain player and they have painted their captain and, in my opinion, the, one of the best players, even not the best player, and it is usually very bad. And that kind of stirred up things, and you have this section of Atleti fans like which are uh, like they always behave in a type of way. I will not say we defend us basically defending, but not all of them. But that was the case, and the kind of doing racist stuff, which was not good because at that moment I really felt bad. I felt ashamed being a lazy fan and seeing my so called, I would say, colleagues or maybe fellow supporters behaving in such a way, given I am African and that's really bad. So the media kind of did everything, and not that also played into the fact that you have Spanish history, racism, and the rest. So that was quite, quite bad, and the club reacted but i think their reaction wasn't maybe on time or great so it's kind of sad because you expected more from the club and you also expected more from the more i expected more from the club firstly i expected more from them in defending cookie but you have players like raul gasawa even a little club at the one trying to defend cookie and it was just a mess and you also have them dealing with the racist stuff which was kind of which was also a mess so the, i think it just goes to show how bad management reality has been and that just summarizes everything. And hopefully La Liga maybe can improve their sanction when it comes to racism and because they have been putting they have been really lax in it. I remember Iñaki Williams being racially abused at the Spaniel and it just kind of went under the bus. And so there are a lot of things that need to improve in football because you have them, you have people who say is this a sport and all the things, but just a sport that also impact our daily lives and there are people that have role models and they can be in a certain way. So it was really bad seeing Koki being in such situation and being able to enjoy his moment, given that he became the all-time record for appearance for Alicia. And also has Simeon also overtaking this Aragonese. So that was supposed to be a day that both of them were supposed to enjoy, but the media kind of turned everything and all the attention was focused on the wrong thing due to the misleading information shared by the media. Very well. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, let's uh, stop talking about the derby, which was you know kind of kind of depressing to be honest. Uh, I mean, although like eventually it was a decent performance from Atleti, uh, just didn't have the final touch uh, until Hermoso unintentionally uh, did have the final touch. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I mean, just just make it a striker already. Uh, I mean, the man can't defend; he can't. Pass kind of, and you know, every That's once cool. in a while, every once in a while, he gets a fluke goal. So, if we can get the best out of that, it'll be great. Um, anyway, moving on, uh, let's start, let's start talking about the Sevilla game. Uh, Sevilla haven't had a very good start uh, to the season, uh, and uh, obviously, that's not something to rely on considering. Uh, Leverkusen got their first win of the season against Atletico. Uh, so, uh, a very important match for Atletico. And uh, Emmanuel, what are uh, your thoughts and expectations for the game? Well, uh, firstly, I think Alicia are better off than Sevilla at the moment. But like you said, Leverkusen kind of used Alicia to kickstart their season. So, I will not be surprised if something else happened. But I expect Alicia to win that game because we have not won in a while. I think. We have not won since 2017, 2017 there in which this man had a fist and he was probably having one of his best players as, a, as an analytic player. So, talking about Sevilla, they have lost two of their best defensive partners and that has kind of affected them because you have him playing a lot of academy players. You have academy player playing there and you also have 
a new signing for Bayern Munich. I think Yazo, I hope I pronounced that right, playing there as well. So there are a lot of things which is not going right for them at the moment. And you also have the midfield area because, to be honest, Sevilla are one of the most pragmatic. They are, I think, one of the highest team that they are pragmatic in the way they play because despite the fact that they have a lot of the ball, they are very conservative in how they use it. But that's not been the case this season because they have not been really good at using the ball. And if you if memory says me right, the last two performances at the Ramos Sanchez people against Aditi, I think they kind of defended for their lives and Aditi were kind of unlucky not to at least leave there with the point most of the time or even with the victory. So that kind of says how the game is going to go. I don't expect Sevilla to play like how they have been doing recent season. It's true they want to or maybe try to dominate the ball, but I think they'll be wary of the Alitis, the, the trade Alitias on the counter, and they may be sick of given that they are they are going through a poor patch and Alitis also improving how they are using the ball. I expect us to to win that game, to be honest, because like I just mentioned, Sevilla are struggling, but you know it is football and it's tough to predict what to happen. So I'm hoping that all Alitis players are back fit and like we have if Lema is for that game, then that's super great. And if we have Savage and Jimenez 100% fit, then we can have Vitel in Mifia and I'm super confident that we can go there and we can put in a great show and really, really come out with a very good result. Because you have Aleti have players who can score goals and you have Sevilla who have players who, not that they can score goals, but they are not that clinical in front of goal because you have the likes of Enesiria, you have um, Rafa Miu almost came to Aleti, thank God that he didn't we almost entered the train and most of these fans were hype and I was one of them. I'm going to do that. But those are players that they are struggling in front of goal and Sevilla as a whole is also struggling to create chances. They just had their first win against Espanyol in which they were like three up and they ended three two. So it shows you how good they are defensively. So if Aleti can maybe capitalize on that, then I think we can go to the Ramos and Pican and why not have a repeat of the 5-1 we had the last time we won there. So I'm very optimistic for that because of Alex's performances and also for the, the news we have been getting in training with the likes of Lemar, Jimenez, Savage, that they are making their return, which is very positive for Cholo and also for how the team wants to approach that game. Yeah, I mean, just just to mention that real quick, it was a 5-2 and not a 5-1 uh, last time. Uh, Nolito <laughs> did get... Nolito did get a meaningless goal at the end, but oh. yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, for folks, uh, your memory is better than mine, I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, uh, we we uh, I mentioned that Region will be available to use for Cholo for the first time, uh, hopefully this season against Sevilla. Would you start him straight away? Uh, would you replace Carrasco with him right from the get go? Well, the. I think we have discussed this before, but you know I'm not a huge fan of Aleti bringing in regular. I know he was a good player while he was at Sevilla, and there are some qualities that he has that can maybe take the team, that can maybe advance the team, or maybe give or maybe give Carrasco a shake up, given he's maybe comfortable knowing he's the only option there. But him starting, I think that would be kind of surprise. That would be a surprise because I given no given. How Cholo is kind of ease people into the team unless there's no one to play in that position. And I would I would love to have Carrasco in one v ones against the right back of Sevilla because you have Camona playing there unless the decides to play Navas there. So I would love to have Carrasco there, but 
if if um, excuse me, if Regulon starts, that's understandable because I think we will see something similar to what Lodi does and in him able to arrive in the final third and play this switch to him. So I don't I think if he starts good, if he doesn't start good, but I'm not really for the fact that he should start because I want I kind of like what I've seen in the current gen and the current team and having Carrasco there, I think he will improve despite the fact that he has been he's having an he's having an erratic start to the season. Yeah, I mean I agree that he will improve eventually and we've seen we've seen it happen many times with Carrasco. Uh but until then, uh, until he hits form, uh, I don't mind seeing uh, Region playing. Uh, it'll just depend on uh how fit uh Cholo uh sees him in training, how uh you know uh, how fast he adapts to the team ideas and yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see what uh, Simeone decides. Uh, anyway, last and definitely not least, or in Emmanuel's case, definitely least, uh, it, we're going to talk about uh, rumors that came out today uh, that linked Atleti with, out of all the people, Gerard Piquet from FC Barcelona. Uh, according to uh, Oki Diario, I think, uh that Simeone wants him to be signed in January uh he will be uh I think uh he will arrive for free and uh Atleti will use this as a bargaining chip that uh, uh, obviously uh Barcelona are struggling with uh, with wages and especially PK's wages uh so if uh, Atleti I think get him for free and free them from uh, the uh, wage problem, then maybe Barcelona will, uh, you know, lower their demands for Griezmann. Uh, obviously, the negotiations between Barcelona and Atletico Madrid are ongoing uh, to find a uh, a solution for uh, the problem that's uh, locked Griezmann to the bench uh, uh, this season. Uh, we've only seen him play 30 minutes each game, uh, except against uh, Real Madrid. Uh, and uh, I mean, for what uh, I've got to say now, we forgot to, to talk about, we forgot to say it when we talked about the derby, but I think Griezmann had a fantastic game against Real Madrid. I think he was uh, Atleti's best uh, player on the pitch. So uh, obviously Atleti don't want to pay more than uh, 25 million, I think. Uh, the fee being talked about at the moment is between 20 and 25 million, uh, which is much lower than the uh, 40 million that Atleti would have to pay if he plays a certain number of games. Uh, anyway, back to PK. Uh, <clears throat> Emmanuel, uh, do you think he could be a stopgap solution for the rest of the season if he's signed in January? And uh, what, what, what's your opinion about this uh, potential signing? Nah, 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 not PK, not PK. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Um, <laughs> referring to the Chris Martin, uh, like you said, best player on the pitch, and hopefully I would love for us to shit house our way to signing him. But that is detrimental to us. He has to play many games because he's that good. And coming back to Piquet, I <laughs> as for Piquet, well, I think Piquet can be a good short-term solution, but I think we are over we allow the board to get away with this over and over again. This is an opportunity for the board to bring in players that will suit in the long term, not bring in someone that is going to come for a short gap because with Aliti and the Cholo era or maybe with 
the image uh, i think um, gil and carrasco in sorry serizo and under joe Wicholo era what we have is so many short circuit projects we have each like almost after two years we have like him coming in for the short term and then someone comes in for the long term but we never see someone comes in for the long term these guys keep on getting away with this and this is an opportunity for them to arrange what arrange build, make build a good squad because they are like yes we have realized we, didn't, we do not build a good squad and now it's time for us to make things up but what happens they go back to the, themselves and i just did that today and i was like well that's good that they have realized but how will they recruit and you already have the beginnings coming up i'm like oh God, this guy they never change because take for example Aleti are now defending a little bit higher on the beach and we are playing against Aleti club Bibao, which will obviously have much of the game they have and imagine in yaki or maybe nico williams in the full race against pk for fuck's sake what happens so in my opinion despite the as romantic as the deal can be i still believe in the Griezmann case we have an upper hand and if we play a case our cards right we can get a, a better deal so and for example there were there were links with the fact that let are close to agreeing a pre-contract with so in two of leicester city will become a free agent you know summer these are the type of deals Aliti should be going for because it's true we need a solution in january but they need to play the cards right we don't want to end up with another daniel was problem for example was came on and luckily he we were safe from it because he was like homesick and he wanted to go back but we don't want to be stuck in that problem where in the kind of we arrive at the summer we have given him a one and a year and a half year contract and we want to now strengthen the team and it's like well he did not do well from january to to june and now we have to replace him so it's like we are shooting ourselves in the foot over and over again i think we, i mean, i recorded a podcast with them on Emiliano Adas Almoloj Simo as we know him on Twitter about the mismanagement of Aliti and this just goes to show how bad they are and how they have really let Cholo down in recesses because I feel to mention this but in the derby after the game you have Cholo kind of envying the way Real Madrid play. That's why the fact that Aliti's performance was a good bet. That is how he wants to play, but he knows the player, the players he has at his disposal can't play the style he wants to play. That goes to the fact that they are kind of letting him down because they are not bringing in the players that is going to suit this idea it's like they are just recruiting for recruiting sake and if you notice over the, the past two seasons they have been signing a lot of attackers which has kind of led to the squad being on balance and i wouldn't be surprised if that's down to them trying to maybe improve the brand because we have a new stadium they are trying to make the club go global and you have these critics of Alexi kind of playing some guys called negative boy i don't know how what's that but they are kind of referring to Aliti defending solely because, if, in my opinion, defending is an art and the way Aliti defend, probably for I would say from 2012 to about 2016, 17, that was amazing. So, you kind of have them maybe trying to buy so many attackers to kind of force Cholo to maybe evolve or play in another way, and that is kind of bad because the way Cholo is evolving is kind of going to a 4 2 aggressive press or an aggressive press that enables the team to not have a lot of the ball but able to suffocate opponents and win the ball and score back goals so you have a set of players that are that suit or that needs the ball to survive and but you have a coach that has a different ideology and in my opinion that has been the reason for Alexis demise in the last three seasons just by the fact that we won the league and everybody i'm sure everybody was shocked because i myself did not consider us winning the league i just say well as an AT, you always challenge but that was kind of a surprise and the board have really let Cholo down and after the Real Madrid game we saw the images from his press conference it was like wow he's tired it was like 
you have somebody who has been working in an office for a whole month without rest and he has it's like he needs some time off to pull down but thank god i blame him not thank god but i pray he doesn't take that time off because the reality we know or the reality most reality fans know is cholo and without cholo i don't think we see that reality yeah i mean uh with the with kale being the ceo of the club uh, i don't see uh the situation changing i mean i hope i'm proven wrong but i just don't see it happening uh i really hope uh, you know simeone sticks around uh until of course uh, we did talk about uh Hale thinking about uh selling the club but it won't happen uh very soon uh, it'll happen after the uh, sporting city has been completed which uh, will take about three i think years uh so uh yeah i really hope that uh, simeone uh, sticks around until the new ownership comes in and uh, you know maybe they back him up uh, properly uh but uh, he does seem uh, exhausted at the moment and uh, i i don't want to start talking about the uh the uh, you know potential consequences of simeone leaving uh, or who would replace him because i know hale isn't gonna do a very good job at that uh but uh yeah uh i think uh i mean uh yeah i i, I don't talk about that right now let's go back to the pk thing uh i agree that uh, you know atleti have gotten gotten a lot of you know stopgap signings uh, already uh in the last few seasons and another one uh wouldn't really uh be uh, i i don't i don't like it uh, very much and uh, obviously atleti need two center backs next summer uh, you talked about uh, the Leicester center back uh, atleti are linked with uh there's also Nehwen who's available uh to buy back for just 10 million uh, obviously Felipe leaving would free up a uh, non-EU space for him uh obviously uh, I think Simeone wants Lino back uh, that needs another EU spot uh, but that will be available if Cunha is able to get a Spanish passport and he uh, will be uh, eligible to get one next summer. So yeah, hopefully we do see bo- both both of those players uh, in the squad next season. Uh, anyway, uh, Nehwen and another center back would be uh, great, uh, and I think that would be enough for Atletico Madrid uh, in the summer. Uh, until then, uh, in January, uh, I mean. A stopgap signing would be nice if maybe it's on loan or uh, I don't know maybe if uh, uh, one of the players that would be free in the in the summer after that uh, if Atleti could go for him uh, and get him for a low fee maybe in Dika for example that would be amazing and it'll, it'll be absolutely perfect but we know it probably won't happen so yeah uh, uh, as I mean, the bottom line is uh, PK, uh, I think he would be a decent signing uh, if he's on low wages, it's for free, and he agrees a short contract. If uh, any of those conditions aren't met, then we know uh, it'll cause problems in the future. Um, anyway, uh, I think that that's all to discuss today. Emmanuel, would you like to add anything? Well, I would like to say, hopefully, like I said, you can shit house our way to sign this man, then that's fantastic. And 
<laughs> and hopefully the club can have a long-term planning like you just said in zika just a good recruitment planner so that everything can be good to be honest because i don't know the present performances despite the result have given me a lot of optimism and i just want to ride on that positivity maybe from now on to the world cup and then after that and we see what happens all right uh we saw emmanuel transform from nietzsche last time into a very positive person right now i can't think of any positive philosophers right now so yeah we'll stick to nietzsche anyway uh that's it for today's episode thank you so much emmanuel for joining me but that uh, is always a pleasure it's always a pleasure discussing a little with you and it was nice talking about the team feeling positive in a long while <clears throat> and of course, thank you guys uh, for staying with us. Uh, remember, Nogadeh has the career, and see you in the next episode.